Radio Active 90.4 Megahertz Bangalore's first community radio station Listen up Get active Dear listeners you're hearing to Radio Active CR 90.4 MHz Bangalore's first and only community radio station Today in Active Health you're going to hear about a webinar on orbit of menopause beyond MHT it is organized by Lupin Circle of Ease webinar. So we have with us a very high profile speaker, Dr. Rekha Rajendra Kumar, who is an MBBS, MD, DNB, FIGOC, FICMCH, Pigidemile, Fellow Reproductive Medicine, a Gynecologist and Fertility Specialist Medical Director, Miracle IVF Hospital and Chandana Hospital, Bangalore. It is great honor to have such an eminent speaker who would give us more insight of the webinar. So, dear listeners, with no more further ado, let's hear from her. Today, to invite you all for this Circle of Ease Connect. And I'm very grateful to Dr. Dr. Rishka Rajendra Kumar is, uh, have many awards and achievements with her. She is MBBS, MD, DNB, FICOG, FICMH and PGDML, Fellow in Reproductive Medicine, Gynecologist and Fertility uh, Specialist. She is all India topper for ICUG reproductive medicine examination. She got first rank in MD university examination. She stood seventh in Bangalore University MBBS examination and six award and three uh, felicitation, including two state awards, including uh, this is a Kitturu Rani Chennamma state award she, uh, she got. And the best thing is uh, many papers and publications with us and also around 50 radio and television talks in men. So as far as positions held, uh, she is a medical director and IVF cons consultant of Miracle IVF Hospital, Chandana Hospital and Gyne Endoscopy Center Secretary, uh, BSOG 2020-21. Uh, with this short introduction, I am handing over session to Dr. Rekha for further questioning. Thank you, Mr. Saurabh Joshi for the detail and kind introduction about me. I'm, I'm going to proceed with my talk. Thank you, Lupin, for giving me opportunity to talk on this platform. The topic I'm going to speak today is on menopause. I'm not going to speak just about menopause, talking a little bit different, that is, what are we supposed to do in menopause, in the sense it is thinking beyond the conventional therapy. It's not the routine menopause I'm going to speak, it's a little bit an eye-opener. First of all, what is menopause? Everybody says menopause. Our patients keep, and, keep coming and telling us, I have achieved menopause, I have attained menopause. What does it mean? Menopause is considered as end of the woman's reproductive life, not the end of her life. It is just the end of her reproductive life. That's all. That means she cannot get children or reproduce anymore once she has attained menopause. Generally, it's indicated by the permanent cessation of menstruation. It's stoppage of menstruation sometimes, which is, which is preceded by irregular cycles. What I mean to say that it is not always preceded by irregular cycles. Some women just are surprised to know that cycles have been regular all these while, all these years, and suddenly that was the last cycle she had and she will be 
astonished to know that she has entered menopause. It can be that sudden too. But most of the times it gives an indication in the sense the cycles get a bit irregular. It commonly occurs between the age of 44 to 56 years. That is a wide range. It's around 10 to 11 years. The menopausal transition or what we call as a perimenopause in the sense on either side of the menopause is a progressive endocrinological continuum. It is the continuation of our endocrinological cycles, the hormonal orchestra that has been happening in her body all this while and that takes the reproductive aged women from the regular cycling. She was having her regular cycles. From that, she becomes the regular predictable menses that are characteristic of ovulatory cycles. All of you know that cycles which are very regular and which come on the dot very predictable are most of the times ovulatory cycles. That changes to a period of a source period that is associated with ovarian senesis. Ovaries go for aging and thus she attains menopause. Perimenopause or the menopause transition, that is she is getting into the menopause, on the threshold of menopause, what we call as a perimenopause, begins several years before menopause. Of course, it varies from person to person. As I already told, in some people it may be a matter of few days, in some other woman it may be a matter of few months to several years. It is the time when the ovaries gradually begin to make less quantity of estrogen. The primary hormone of menopause is estrogen and the storehouse or the production of this hormone is from the ovaries and that gradually reduces because of ovarian senescence and thus the quantity of estrogen in the body gradually gets depleted. This is just coming to a little bit of statistics about the menopause in our country. 47.5 years is the average age of menopausal women in India. Indian women are likely to spend about 23 years. You, It may appear quite long to all of us, but the statistics say that it is around 23 years, almost two decades, she spends in menopause. 84% of the women said their symptoms interfered with their life. It may be a sleep disturbance or a hot flush, all of us which we are going to talk about in my future slides, but 84%, that's quite a huge percentage, said their symptoms really interfered with their day-to-day -day life. 12% say that the symptoms interfered a very great deal or sometimes it was really incapacitating to them. The symptoms were that intense and that strong and that disturbing. 42% of them said they have never discussed about menopause with their health provider Maybe because they had symptoms and they ignored or they said that is part of life and they've already attained menopause or sometimes some might never have had any symptoms. Whatever, 42% of them never discussed about menopause with their doctor. Only one in five, that is around 20%, received a referral to the menopause specialist because of intense symptoms. Coming to the prevalence of menopause in younger women, uh, it is growing in our country in a, prim in a premature population. The uh, incidence is becoming more in the prim premature age group. Now coming to the percentage, it says that around 20.1% of the women between the age of 37 to 40, not even achieved 40, 
these women suffer from premature menopause because I said the age starts from around somewhere between 40 to 44. That is the onset of menopausal age. But 20%, that is 1 in 5, attain this, get into this problem even before 40 and that is what we call as a premature menopause. Coming to the menopause itself, around 65% of them, around two-thirds of women between the age of 40 to 49 years age group suffer from menopause. They suffer from the symptoms of menopause. Around 65% by the age of 49 are already into menopause. Prevalence of menopause in women under the age of 50 is high in India compared to many other countries. Coming to the hormonal changes, what are all the things that happen during menopause and perimenopause? The physiological changes of the menopausal transition stem primarily from the decline in ovarian function, which I have already told. Traditionally, this is a hormone, what we call as a follicle-stimulating hormone that has been utilized as a measure of ovarian aging. It's an indirect measure of the ovarian aging. If a woman comes and asks me, am I into my menopause doctor? FSH is one of the blood tests which tells me whether she is into menopause. Assessing this gonadotrophin, that is FSH, has its own limitation given it's the indirect correlation with the ovarian function. It is an indirect because the physiology is such that because the ovary goes into senescence, because the ovary is not producing the estrogen, the negative feedback mechanism tells the hypothalamus and pituitary that ovary is not producing enough estrogen and the hypothalamus and pituitary sense that the negative feedback is weak and thus it tries to compensate by increasing the amount of FSH in the positive arm. So thus the quantity of FSH goes on increasing as the menopause advances. Further evaluation in the menopausal transition can also include other laboratory information like estradiol and AMH. But these are the hormones, the estradiol and AMH, we do if we are interested in her fertility also. It is not that all menopausal women or perimenopausal women are not interested in their fertility. Coming to the present generation, probably the women are interested in their fertility aspect or they are opening the chapter of reproduction little late, maybe even 35-40 and there these two fields overlap. That is the reproductive interest of the woman, the reproduction as well as the menopause. So such kind of women, perimenopausal women, age around 40, cycles are irregular but she is yet to open her chapter of reproduction. There she is interested about her fertility and there I am going to check this AMH. Now what happens in the body? This is what happens when the woman is not in menopause. This is in an early age. You can see all different kinds of spikes in all different colors. That is the estradiol, FSH, the estradiol coming in two spikes in the follicular phase and a smaller spike in the, uh, in the secretory phase. The higher peak of LH surge and progesterone, all these uh, fluctuations of the hormones or the peaks of hormones we see when everything is fine and the health or product health and the uh, woman is not in menopause. What happens when she is, gets into menopause? There is a state of hormonal imbalance. The left box shows the endocrine physiology. What are all the things? Little bit complicated slide or I can say a busy slide. All of us know about this physiology but the right part you can compare with my previous slide where it said there were a lot of peaks and dancing up and down. But here it 
it's at the along that left of the vertical black line is the you can see the age in the horizontal bar it is 50 left is less than 50 and right is more than 50 you can see the hormones are flattening and after the age of 40 the ssh and lh increases and that becomes a plateau and even estrone and estradiol that are the hormones that are produced by the ovary they fall and they become a plateau so that the dancing thing is not there here it is a universal problem. Menopause, every woman has to undergo. As she enters puberty, one day she will enter menopause too. It's a universal and a natural event for women. Then why are we so much bothered? Why are we talking so much on menopause when it is so natural? Why should we treat these women? Estrogen is a vital hormone. Why does the loss of ovarian estrogen production matter? Because the estrogen is a very vital hormone, the loss of estrogen causes a lot of problems in the body. It is the key hormone of menopause. The forgotten factor for the optimal female health is the ovarian estrogen production. Now, this estrogen is has to act for it to act on the body it should have uh, micro targeting organs or what we call as estrogen receptors the body has the estrogen receptors the estrogen acts on these particular target organs the female body has the estrogen receptors which are located in all these different parts of the body each organ you name it it has the estrogen receptor so the depletion of estrogen needless to say, will cause problem or the adverse effect in all these or organs or the target organs. What are the protective, all the protective effect of this estrogen? It is a golden hormone or a mother hormone, whatever you call. It is very important for the woman and the woman will suffer a lot when there is a depletion of estrogen because look at this, look at this lengthy list. There, I cannot mention any part of the body which is has escaped the estrogen effect from top to bottom from the brain till toe it is the estrogen is very much required it facilitates reproduction the body body mass is very 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 much influenced by the estrogen it improves the hdl ratio the presence of estrogen improves the friendly cholesterol it decreases blood pressure bone density very much important the strength of the bone is equal to the quantity of estrogen present it it, it has its impact on the mood and sleep quality also it's important for cognition skin wrinkling immune system vaginal moisture and what not the list can go on the estrogen action and the estrogen deficiency too are written here what does the estrogen do it maintains the energy balance the carbohydrate fat and protein whatever the balance is maintained by the estrogen which when there is menopause or perimenopause or there is a hypoestrogenic state that is gone the important effect or the beneficial effect of that is gone and that results in obesity similarly i have listed all those factors the important positive or the beneficial effect of the estrogen in that purple box and on the right side the pink box says if the
that benefit of estrogen is not there, what is going to happen? Example, beta cell function survival or the quality of the beta cell that is in the pancreatic beta cell is very important and that is maintained by estrogen and the depletion or the quality of the beta cell functioning comes down and thus that results in type 2 diabetes. So similarly, it acts everywhere. Now, what are the consequences and events of menopause that are due to the estrogen deficiency? It is somewhat related to my previous slide. It says, I said the energy is hampered, the energy system of the body or what you call as the carbohydrate, the calories, the uh, weight, everything is uh, uh, goes hunky-dory and because of that, it results in obesity. There's disturbed sleep. I'm going to talk a bit more on all these in my future slides. There's a, there is disturbs sleep, metabolic syndrome and diabetes. Metabolic syndrome includes the hypercholesterolemia also. Osteoporosis one important factor. Cardiovascular health very very important. That also uh, is hampered because of Slides are going to explain about this. So what she needs is take care of her preventive health and reassurance and healthy lifestyle. She has to catch up here itself. If she's not into active exercise, if she's not controlling her cholesterol, if she's not caring about her proper healthy nutritional diet, she has to take care here. If she has developed menopause symptoms, of course, one has to treat, as I have already mentioned, the hot flushes, etc. How are we going to treat? Let me tell you in my future slides if the risk factors are present therapeutic intervention after the risk benefit analysis in the sense is the treatment better or continuing with the risk is better now coming to the latent disease in the sense the osteopenia might have started the endometrium ha might have become hyperplastic it is all latent but she has no symptoms or there are no no overt disease so there are no symptoms but you have to treat the disease one has to take care of the endometrial hyperplasia one has to take care of the osteopenia one has to take care of the cholesterol diabetes and hypertension if symptoms are present risk benefit analysis before the therapeutic intervention is very necessary if comorbidities are there with no symptoms also one has to treat and with symptoms though definitely one has to treat the disease coming to the history and physical examination the health evaluation at the time of the menopause transition not talking of the menopause as such the menopause transition should be tailored to the individual woman based on her needs based on her medical social and family history as well as her symptoms and quality of life quality of life is very important nowadays because everybody is proficient and job oriented women sexual and psychological histories are an important part of the assessment of the woman during the menopause transition. Coming to the clinical assessment, women undergoing menopausal transition are more symptomatic than those who have attained menopause. This is what I have already told because the body has got adjusted, acclimatized to the problem. The hot pressures have receded, her sleep problems have come down. So, in the perimenopause, the symptoms are much more. They may be due to the complex hormonal changes because the body, the hypothalamopituitary axis is getting adjusted to the, all the problems. So, the body is coming into terms. So, because of this, the symptoms are more. According to the strong criteria, the menopausal transition is determined by, the, uh, by history and clinical examination and blood test may not be necessary in most of the cases. Symptoms tell all. I know, don't have to 
do her estradiol level or I don't have to check her FSH level. The symptoms, what she's telling itself is telling on my face that she's getting into menopause. Early menopausal transition may be associated with varying levels of estradiol and serum FSH also varies, but invariably most of the time it gradually goes on increasing. Three important steps, diet, eat right. What she's supposed to eat, we'll tell you later. The exercise, very, very important. And third, not to ignore is medication. Some facts which I want to mention here is, uh, I want to mention are alcohol may trigger hot flushes. It is not because alcohol itself causes vasodilatation. Exercise reduces hot pressures in sedentary women. She was sedentary but started exercising. That itself was a magic remedy for her and hot pressures have come down to a very great extent just because she has done some exercise. Smokers experience menopause two to three years earlier than non-smokers. Not at all surprising to you and me because the vascular endothelium is has gone very bad in them. The health of the vascular endothelium is uh, abnormal or it is very much jeopardized in smokers. Coming to the bone health, bone loss progresses rapidly in postmenopausal women. Up to uh, perimenopause or entering into menopause, say around age of 50, 52, bone strength is quite fine. But as she advances in her age, 65, 70, the bone loss is steep. In them, reduced level of endogenous bioavailable estrogen. Bioavailable estrogen, I underline, is associated with lower bone mineral density. Calcium and vitamin D3 are important tools in maintaining the calcium inside the bone. What I want to say is bone loss is retarded and thus fracture come down to a very great extent. So calcium and vitamin D3 supplementation is very important. Hormone replacement therapy prevents the bone loss and reduces the risk of bone fragility. What are all the things we are supposed to do for, for osteoporosis? How do we prevent and how do we treat? Exercise is a very important term. Every day one has to exercise irrespective of the age, all the more if she has crossed age of 40. 30 minutes of weight-bearing exercise. Weight-bearing exercise is very important. Like brisk walk, not a simple walk. One should get palpitation. One should have tachycardia. One should sweat. This is a weight-bearing or a, a proper exercise. Climbing stairs is very important. That is also a weight-bearing exercise because you are going against the gravity. 30 minutes of muscle strengthening like lifting weights uh, or cycling, etc. are uh, very important. Exercise benefits are it increases the muscle strength in any muscle, whichever kind of muscle you are putting into action, it improves the agility, it decreases the fall because the muscles and bones have become stronger, the bone density has increased. It has to be continued lifelong, I mind you. That it has to be continued my uh, lifelong because the benefit is going to cease as soon as the exercise stops. Reduce and avoid that if possible, avoid the tobacco and alcohol. Healthy diet, the nutritional diet, calcium multivitamin rich diet is very important. Calcium supplementation other than the diet about 1000 to 1000 milligram along with vitamin D per day is very very important. How to maintain the mental equity, how to maintain, prevent the cognitive decline, the physical and mental activity is important. She should not be lazy physically and mentally. So keep doing some kind of mental physical exercise.
exercise. She should nurture her hobby. She may do some crosswords or some mathematical calculations or uh, speech like me now. Boost healthy social engagements. Eat right and balanced diet. Physical and mental exercise. Minimize the stress. Very, very important. And one has to get adequate sleep so that she's fresh the next morning. Hormone replacement therapy, few slides on this. Uh, most effective for the vasomotor and the urogenital symptoms should not be prescribed in the absence of significant symptoms. HRT is not for all. What, what are the other things I'm going to tell later? So HRT is not for all. It should not be prescribed in the absence of significant symptoms or the physical effect of estrogen deficiency. There is no osteopenia. There is no hot flush. I don't have to put her on HRT. I can put her on something else. Improvement in the symptoms like the joint and muscle pain, mood swings, sleep disturbance and sexual dysfunction is known with HRT or hormone therapy. The dosage should be titrated to the lowest effective dose because it is given over a few weeks or few months. Systemic hormone therapy should be offered to the women with a premature menopause. This is very important. Women who have come to menopause prematurely, the age of 35 or less than 40, she into menopause, she has to take systemic hormone therapy. Recommendations from Indian Menopause Society. What does Indian Menopause Society say? Estrogen therapy is approved by the FDA for the treatment of vasomotor symptoms. Patients with the persistent severe hot flushes, really debilitating and incapacitating, it comes in the way of her work. Those are the women in whom HRT is the most effective intervention. HRT should be used for the shortest duration should not be used for a longer time because it is not an innocuous drug. It should be used for the shortest duration necessary to control the symptoms and, mind you, it should be used at the lowest effective dose. Her symptoms are gone, don't increase the dose or reduce the dose as far as possible till only her symptoms are alleviated. The short-term use of less than five years of estrogen, especially with supplementation of progesterone, are not associated with risk. Five years. Estradiol with the cyclic progesterone for 12 to 14 days is the HRT in women with intact uterus. If the uterus is present, not a hysterectomized woman, estradiol with progesterone has to be given because endometrial health is equally important. The window of opportunity I was telling a few minutes back. What is this? Now coming to the window of opportunity, particularly for the HRT, there's a hormone replacement therapy. See, and the woman is in a premenopausal state, that is when she is in her normal early age of 15 to 35 years, young, pretty, agile woman, she has her own endogenous estrogen that is produced in the body. When she has come to a little bit old, 45 to 60 years or also called as perimenopause, she is on the threshold of menopause. The useful benefits of HRT can be used here and this is the time, the age of 40 to 60 years, that is that age of the woman is the time where the benefits of HRT are maximum, unlike when she has crossed 60 or she is a frank case of menopause where the harmful effects of HRT are more unlike the previous age group. 
HRT reduces the incidence of fracture neck fever and spine fractures. It maintains the postural balance. It has a protective role in coronary heart disease prevention. This is very, very important because the incidence is increasing by leaps and bounds. Nowadays, you ask anybody, died of heart attack, died of sudden cardiac arrest, so many. The HRT reduces the osteoporosis. It is important for the bone health, as I've already mentioned. It reduces the climactic symptoms like hot flushes. It improves ultimately the golden word. And what is that? Quality of life. Everybody wants quality of life. Hormone therapy and cardiovascular risk. Analysis by the WHO says HRT within 10 years of menopause has its benefits. It's the early part of the menopause, perimenopause, early part of the menopause, HRT has benefits. It reduces the symptoms, a lot of symptoms, the hot flush, sleeplessness, the headache, body ache, whatever I was mentioning, HRT helps. It improves the quality of life. It reduces the serious risks and the risks of HRT, risks because of the HRT per se, are much less in the early part of menopause, menopause or perimenopause. Unlike giving HRT for the women who are aged, who are past many years of menopause, 60 plus, these women HRT has to be given in a guarded way. It has to be a highly selective treatment. Administering hormone therapy for symptom relief during the early phase of menopause and transition is described as window opportunity. Catch her here. Catch the early bird. So this is the time she has to take and make use of your HRT. Advantage is more with the perimenopausal and symptomatic women. All the more, this has grade A evidence. Hormone therapy is not recommended for prevention of coronary vascular disease. Mind you, it is just a part of the treatment, but it is not for the prevention or the primary treatment. Vaginal estrogen is most effective in the treatment of urogenital atrophy. If her symptoms are only dyspareunia, vaginal dryness, then vaginal estrogen would suffice. Low-dose vaginal preparations are as effective as systemic therapy. You don't have to go to the systemic therapy and vaginal estrogen is enough. Some women on oral estrogen therapy like estradiol tablets may require additional local therapy also. The most effective treatment for vasomotor symptoms is hormone therapy. Hormone therapy should not be started solely for the bone protection after 10 years of menopause. Extended use of hormone therapy in women with reduced bone mass is an option after considering the risk-benefit analysis, which I have emphasized already, compared to the other available therapies for osteoporosis. Estrogen can be prescribed to enhance mood in women with depressive symptoms if you think that is the cause. If you think the menopause is the cause, I mean the estrogen deficiency is the cause, then it can be supplemented having ruled out other problems. Hormone therapy in the early menopausal period improves quality of life by its effects on the vasomotor and urogenital symptoms, which are really incapacitating. Sometimes improvement on sleep, which is sometimes really uh, wanting, and the mood problems. Pre-hormone therapy workup is very, very necessary. Unlike use of other drugs, which I'm going to come a bit later, the pre-hormone workup is very much necessary. What is her endometrial thickness? What is her pap smear? Does her breast have any lump? Many things have to be ruled out and then only start the hormone therapy. And other than that, the 
persistent surveillance is very much necessary that she has to come for annual follow-up. She cannot be lost to follow-up. Those are the women don't start hormone therapy. The dose and duration of the use of hormone therapy should be individualized and a risk-benefit assessment carried out annually. It has to be only on a selected group of women who come for regular follow-up, who are the right candidates for hormone therapy and those who need hormone therapy. If vaginal estrogen is used, progesterone supplementation is not necessary. Important factor to be noted. This is the advantage of vaginal estrogen. We do not have to give the progesterone supplementation because it hardly causes any problems. For local symptoms like recurrent urinary tract infection, especially for the chronic therapy, vaginal cream is the preferred one and grade A evidence is there supporting. Duration of the hormone therapy can be given up to 5 to 7 years, especially if it is used in concordance with progesterone. And the progesterone plus estrogen therapy or even the estrogen therapy can be stopped abruptly. What I want to say is it cannot be stopped abruptly in women who are menstruating, cannot be stopped in between the menstrual cycle. Once the menstrual cycle is over, she can stop the estrogen progesterone therapy. It need not be tapered. Hormone replacement therapy and benign conditions. If the woman has fibroid uterus or endometriosis, it has no bearing, the HRT has no bearing on the fibroid. The fibroids are not going to increase in size or the endometriosis is not going to get spread or deep infiltrating, etc. Hypertension and diabetes are not the contraindications to start the hormone replacement therapy. These are all the different options for hormone replacement therapy. Maybe a vaginal cream, cream, a simple skin gel of estrogen, the tablets, the combined cyclical hormone therapy. I would like to thank Dr. Eka Rajendra Kumar for sharing with us about orbit of menopause. It was surely a very resourceful webinar for all our listeners. Dear listeners, if you want to share your views and feedback on this program, you can contact us on 223-55490 or mail us at radioactivecr90.4mhz at gmail.com. If you have missed the show or want to hear it over again, you can hear it on www.soundflow.com. If you want to listen to all our programs, you can download the Radioactive app. Keep listening to Radioactive 90.4 MHz, Bangalore's first community radio station. Get active. This is me, Archia Purva, signing out. Youth support. Youth strength. Youth involvement. Only on Radioactive 90.4 MHz. Get active. Get active. Get active. Youth support. Youth strength. Youth involvement. Only on radioactive 90.4 megahertz. Get active. Get active. Get active. Get active.